So we're going to start today um, with part two of Awake My Soul and Sing because I just uh, have not been able to get away from it. So if you will, turn to Psalms 142 because we started, we ended with this psalm last week. Uh, Psalms 142, and it was verse, um, I'm trying to think, it was verse... I'll find it. Let me find it. Yes. I will find it. He said in Psalms 142, if y'all found it for me, I hadn't gotten, well, the reason I'm not in 142. Okay. We ended with, last week, bring my soul out of prison. <clears throat> That's verse 7. That I may... Praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Bring my soul out of prison. <clears throat> now this psalm, I think we're going to read that whole psalm. But <clears throat> this psalm that we're going to read, this is a prayer of David. When he was hiding in a cave from Saul. Do you remember that? He was running from Saul and all of Saul's men. Well, he was hiding in this cave, and Saul's men were looking for him, but they didn't know he was in the cave. And so they had blocked the entrance, which is also the exit, out of this cave. He couldn't get out. He knew they were there. He was facing a lot of things. And this, this is the prayer that he prayed, so... Anyway, I thought it was interesting that the man was right there before him. But they didn't know it. Praise God. So, uh, but David, he was so overwhelmed. What am I going to do? Have you ever been in that position? What am I going to do? So, he promised God something. I think that's pretty amazing how many times have I done that. Lord, if you will just do this, I promise you, I will quit those Snickers. <laughs> I will quit that complaining. I will, if you'll just get me out of this addiction or whatever. So, uh, one commentary says it this way. He promises... Praise to God in the event of his deliverance. And that's what he was saying. If you'll just deliver me, I'll give you the praise for it. Well, his soul was in prison. David hiding in this cave, he was so overwhelmed with fear, well, what was going to happen to him if they ever discovered he was there? He was trapped. Do you, have you ever felt trapped in your situation? Yeah. Have you ever, in that situation, said, God, help me, get me out of this, tell me what to do, and made so many promises to him, and they were not from the heart. You just wanted help, and you wanted him to do it. Well, so we're going to start, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I want to read this whole psalm and end with that last verse, Psalms 142. So here was David. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He was releasing words. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. Hey, remember that old song Karen Wilkins does? That there be no complaining in our streets, happy is that people. That there be no complaining in our streets, happy is that people. That there be no complaining in our streets, happy is that people. Happy is that people whose God is their Lord. And there's a lot of other verses to it that says that our sons may be as plants grown up. Happy, do y'all remember that stuff? You ain't old enough. Happy is that. Do you remember that one? <laughs> Karen, it's up to you and me, baby. 
And then he says, let our daughters be as cornerstones. What a great song. Let's sing. Happy is that people. We may turn to that at the end and sing that. <coughs> and then he says, happy is that people who's in such a case. We, we, we may have to sing that again. I have no idea what key it would be in. As Karen used to say, I always find her when she's leading, and it's always in the cracks. Okay. <laughs> so, I like that song. What's he doing? He's dealing with your soul. We need a happy soul. Amen. So he said, I poured out my complaint before him. That made me think of that. There'd be no complaining in our streets. I showed before him my trouble. So here's David talking to God. Does it sound like you? When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. Now, you need to notice that a lot of times in the word, when, he's talk, when he, the word spirit means, or the word heart, our spirit, sometimes that means your soul. And you will recognize it by what effect that he's talking about. Because uh, a lot of times it is the soul that he's referring to, and we may get into some of that after a while. So when my spirit or when my soul was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I mean, he was in trouble. Now, like I said, this was when he was uh, praying because of him being trapped in that cave. I looked on my right hand. What did he see? And beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. He went in that cave to get refuge from Saul's men. But he said, my refuge failed me. What was he thinking? Failure, fear, death, problems. He was overwhelmed. Then he said, I cried unto you, O Lord. I said, thou art my refuge. Not this cave. Now you can pause and think on that for a while. Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Oh man, he was really fighting a battle here. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I, oh my, we could preach on that verse right there a long time. That problem has become stronger in you than the word of God. If our mind is constantly on the problem. So we can take that and judge ourselves. I'm not going to judge you, but I'm going to judge myself. If I'm always thinking that, instead of making my soul sing, then that problem has become bigger than what God says. And that's what he was saying. For they are stronger than I. And then he goes on, and this was what we started from. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. He started to realize some things. His soul... All that he was seeing and all the problems, all the pressure was so great that it had affected his soul so much that he couldn't even praise God anymore. It was bigger than, than God and the word that you've been learning. Amen? So he said, Father God, bring my soul out of prison. Father, I ask you right now, this very instant, for these ladies, Holy Spirit, this is up to you. And I ask you to get involved in every person's soul this morning. Take these words and bring our soul out of prison so that your word is greater than any problem, any situations or circumstances that anyone in this room is facing today. And I thank you that every lady's soul, Father, you're working on that. Holy Spirit, you're working on that. 
open the eyes of every lady in here, that they will see and that they will receive their soul out of prison this day. Amen. Amen. Receive that. Your soul's out of prison right now. Oh, boy. Y'all are going to be singing those spiritual songs. You'll just start singing out of here. And you know what? Your soul loves it. Praise God. Okay, so. I love what we studied last week. And we're going to go to that Psalms 103 that uh, we sang about. And we're going to look at that. Because it's so important. And do I have my Amplified? Yeah, here it is. I want to read that out in the Amplified also. Okay, he says, we sang this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. What are you doing? You're taking charge of your soul. You're, you're going to make your soul start saying things that's a blessing to God. And it's his word. And then he says, and all, everything that's in me, you're going to start praising God. When I walk, it's a blessing. I want to bless you with my walk. I want to bless you with my talk. I want to bless you in everything that's about me. I want it to be a blessing to you, Father God, and that it will respond to your word. So he says to bless his holy name. All of you inward parts that's in my body, you bless the Lord by being healed. So you got to speak to these things. What's going on in your body? Start saying to it, inward parts, you bless the Lord by receiving that health. You bless the Lord by receiving that energy. You bless the Lord, inward parts. Praise God. He says, bless the Lord, on my soul, and don't you forget all these benefits now, so. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, praise God. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. What does sickness and disease do? It destroys your body. It destroys your body, and that's why it comes. And he says, he redeems thy life from destruction. You need to know these things because your life has been redeemed from destruction. Well, glory to God. I mean, that's shouting grounds. What are you going to do with that? See, you've got to ask yourself, what do I have to do with this scripture, Lord? It's going to require some action on your part. Uh, May, I loved it when you you brought out that, uh, about the exercising, the chair exercises and all that. Well, two days ago, I decided, okay, I need to start doing something. I need to put some action to what I'm saying. So before I ever leave my bedroom every morning, you're going to love this. And, and the Holy Spirit said, just start with five of each and don't overdo. Well, the steadiness. So I got on my little bench in my bedroom and I did five push-up squats like this for my knees and my legs. So I did five. Now, I've been, this is my third day to do it and I've already done it before I ever leave the bedroom. And then I thought, okay, I'm not going to hold on to anything to get to my bathroom. So I started doing it by faith. And a lot of times, because it had become a habit, I would uh, hold on to the bedpost and I would do like this. Well, I've quit that. I'm walking by faith. Steady on my feet. Are you getting that you got to do something? Or else you're going to give in to it. And so then I started with these, and I did five of them, 
And after I did a couple of them, I would not hold on, but I would just touch because it gave me steadiness. So I did that on each leg. And then I would go to my wall and I would do some push-ups. Five. One, two, three. I'm doing this. So, and, and some chair stuff. So that blessed me when you shared that. What are you getting out of what I'm saying? Become a doer? Yes. Because if you do not, your body is going to shut down. And your body is going to quit being what it's supposed to be doing. Amen? And, and of course, the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, see, each lady in here, it's something different. But he'll tell you what to start doing. And I think the most important thing, if it's exercise, don't try to do it all in one day. Start somewhere. If it's strength you need in your limbs, then you have to start slowly and let, it, let them begin to work. Regardless of what it is, he will instruct you. And that, that was something I, that I've been, I'm making my body do things. I wish, more well, one of these days, Karen, you're going to give your testimony. That girl was paralyzed from here down. She drug her body up and down steps. She would not let us help her. She literally drug her body up and down stairs and made it, you know. Now, listen, that's faith. That's persistence. And we have to get persistence in walking in this faith. But let the Holy Spirit minister to you. She has one of the greatest testimonies I have ever heard, including what's in this Bible. One of the greatest testimonies, and we may do that one day, Karen, but, oh Lord. She couldn't be, she couldn't be here where she is today if she had not been filled with the Word of God. And she gives him the glory. She's back there waving her hands. Do you know and the Lord was ministering to me about this because I, I don't know what you're going through. But God does. And the important thing, I called a couple of ladies. I, Tanya knows about this. But I had one particular lady that's always been faithful in church and I missed her. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to call her. When I say the Holy Spirit told me that, the thought came. Why don't you call and check on her? Because she didn't get to come to Bible study last week, and, she, and I haven't seen her in a little bit. I called her. She was down. Situations and circumstances had her down, and she's one of the best praisers. Really, she just is a praiser. And anyway, and she told me a little bit of what was going on. And I said, listen, you need to know that God's working on this situation. And I said, don't you dare lose your joy. But I said, you need to know, I would not have called you if God didn't tell me to. As far as, what it tells you is, I started calling her name, he's working on it. When he has somebody call you and say, I missed you, I love you, my friend, he let you, him, he's letting you know God's working on it. He's working on it. And we could get back to the time thing. But what do you do during that time? You trust his word. You never change your confession, but you trust his word. Well, I don't know where all that came from, but it sure was good. Amen. So, <laughs> oh, God's good. That's the Holy Spirit. So, um, I was going to read that, I think, out of the Amplified. Did I read it out of the Amplified? No. Answer my own question. Psalms 103. Bless affectionately. Gratefully praise the Lord. Gratefully. Oh, every word just sticks in my mind. It has a message. Gratefully praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is deepest within me. Bless his holy name. Bless affectionately. Gratefully praise the Lord, O oh my soul. See, what's he doing? 
he's conditioning his soul. So you might want to take this and study this out of the Amplified because it all has to do with your soul. So bless affectionately, gratefully, praise the Lord, O my soul. He's telling his soul what to do. And forget not one of all his benefits, such as by the stripes of Jesus you've been healed. That you're blessed going in and blessed going out. He blesses everything you set your hands to do. And when I text uh, Jody Burrs uh, yesterday, I guess it was, and I was so excited about getting to use my washing machine. And I told her, listen, I was really, and I told her, I have, I am so thankful for Johnny because God blesses everything he sets his hands to do, and he blessed him. And I received that knowledge and that blessing of his hands. You know, you, you, isn't that awesome? His hands are blessed, so he got me out of that trouble. Okay, so don't forget that benefit. Who forgives every one of all your iniquities? Who heals each one of all your diseases? Well, if he's healed them, I'm well. And you know, your body may not show it yet. But in the realm of the spirit, you have been healed and I have been healed. And we can walk. We can run and leap. We can dance. We can think, whatever. But not if we don't conquer this soul, we won't be doing it. It'll stop us. No, you can't do that because it hurts when you do it. But start small. Faith demands action, the word says. Start with something little and conquer it. And then the next time, you can increase whatever that is, okay? Who redeems your life from the pit and corruption. Who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity, and desire at your personal age. Well, hallelujah. A lot of people, you know how they think about when you get older. But I want to set the example. When you get to be, eight, well, soon be 84, when you get to be that age, I want to be an example to those before they get there. Before they get to that age. And we should all strive for that. <laughs> to be an example, what? That the Word works. That the Word works. And I wouldn't be here if the Word was not in me and it was not coming out of my mouth. I would not be here. Amen? When I had that major heart attack, David got me to, to the hospital. Uh, the doctor was new, basically, here. Of course, he's not here anymore. But they had me on one of them things, you know, in the hospital. He said, grab hold, sister, because you're going for a ride. I mean, he grabbed them, that table, and he was wheeling me down through, through there, you know. And you know what he ended up saying about me? Because of what was coming out of my mouth and the way I blessed him, every time that doctor came, uh, that I went for an appointment to see him after that, I blessed him with my words. I said, now, Dr. So-and-so, I said, you need to get more rest. I said, I can see you're tired today, and I just believe you're going to get more. You know what he ended up, I heard him say this. When he went out to one of the nurses that we know, uh, that worked for car cardiologists here in town. He said, that's my favorite patient. <laughs> what was it about? It wasn't me, but it's what was coming out of me. He was nibbling on my fruit. That's the way we're supposed to be with people. Don't condemn your doctor. I mean, maybe he hasn't made good decisions. But you can still say good words, Father. Just show him, you know, give him wisdom. Say, hey, they need wisdom. Do you know you, you know your body more than he does anyway? Praise God. Oh, well, that's just lesson number whatever. Okay, so I better get back to my notes here. <laughs> Praise God. Isaiah 40, verse 31 um, 
you know that, well, let's just turn there. Isaiah 40. Because, I don't know, it comes alive when we read it again. Uh, verse 31. He says, but they that wait, trust, that word wait means that you trust and expect something. Those that trust and expect the Lord, they that wait on him, shall renew their strength. So trust is very much involved in you receiving your manifestation. Once you say what the word says, you're going to have to trust God that he's working on it. Amen? So your, your strength this day may it can be restored. My strength is being restored. Your strength, even all of you that are sitting here, your strength can be restored. Hallelujah. And then you'll be able to bound up with wings as eagles. And look, listen to this. He says, you shall run. Now that word run could include a lot of things. It may not mean fast, you know, on your feet. It could also mean, you know, you shall run. You, you'll be busy. You'll be able to do things. And not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And when you look at that word renew, it means to cause to flourish again. Write that one down. So I think everyone in here, every lady in here, we need to renew our strength. We need to flourish again. I don't care how old you are. You need to flourish again. And he says that if we will wait upon the Lord, if we will not let this word leave us, and if we will expect, he said, you're going to be able to run. You're going to be able to do things you need to get done. You know, I've got uh, in the bathroom that's in my bedroom, Every time I go in there, I have a little commode area that's enclosed by itself. I sit down, and I look at my baseboards. I've been saying this for I don't know how long, but I have done nothing about it. They need to be repainted. And you know what has stopped me? What I was thinking that was wrong thoughts, that I would have to get down on my knees And do that. Are you getting this? What am we dealing with? What was it? My soul. What my soul was thinking. That's why I hadn't done it. My soul was stopping me. So I may call my brother. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> and say, Mike, you know. I mean, I had that thought. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it. That would be me that does it. Because it is a challenge to me. There are faith challenges. And so I'm working on different challenges. You, you, you know, y'all don't really know me. But you should be at my house with me by myself. I challenge myself with something all the time. I think it and then I say it. And one of these days, I'll be doing it. Oh, well. Anyway, so I'm flourishing again. Yeah, that may not excite y'all, but it does me. I am flourishing again. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So that, that word says, Those that wait and trust and are expectant shall renew their strength. He's referring to the condition of our soul here. And one translation says, you will run and not be weary and shall walk and not become tired. I like that one. I don't remember what translation it was, but he says, you can do these things and not get tired. Well, I'm just letting you think on that. So what does it mean to bless the Lord with my soul? It means to get it in line with God's word. Yeah. So why do I ask myself this question? Why do I want my soul to sing? 
Because what happens up here in this soul with my mind and with my emotions, when I start to wake up my soul and start praising those things that concern me, they, that are always on my mind, that I, those things that I can't seem to escape from in my thought life, they begin to recede. That was the word he gave me. They begin to recede, and my mind becomes free. They are being pushed away in your soulish area. You know the scripture that says, a fool utters his whole mind. Well, there's times we don't need to be uttering our whole mind. Amen? So when our soul quits singing... This is just the way the Holy Spirit ministered to me. It begins to think wrong. When your soul quits singing, it begins to think wrong. When it quits singing, it becomes a household of wrong thoughts. And you will find yourself speaking them. Now these are the things that he spoke to me when I was watching TV and had my notebook beside me. So I always grab that notebook. I mean, it doesn't matter what's on TV. When he starts speaking to me, I grab that notebook, these thoughts, and this is what he told me. That it begins to think wrong, and when it quits singing, it becomes a household of wrong thoughts. And you will find yourself speaking them. Those thoughts will and can cause a separation with people. And I got to thinking about people that have asked me to pray for situations lately in their families, you know, and, and with other people. And I thought their thoughts are, that they speak are causing a separation. Now, I don't know who this is for. But the Holy Spirit said to speak to the root of those wrong thoughts that's causing separation. The wrong thoughts are separating you from some people in your life. <clears throat> You're thinking wrong. Amen? Your soul's not singing. He says, to, uh, he says you don't have to know what it is that's, that's the root cause because it's hidden from you. But the Holy Spirit knows. He knows the very thoughts and intents of a person's heart. So what do you do? I pray in the Spirit. Now, Father, I'm going to pray over the root cause that's causing a separation between these people, especially in families. So you know the root cause, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I'm going to pray in the Spirit because I know every time I pray in the Spirit, it's my spirit man that's praying, and it will be the right thing. So I pray in the Spirit over that situation, and then... I, it's up to the Holy Spirit to go to work. You know? So you know when you and I become a judge. Y'all, I was writing this down so fast. But this has to do with how the wrong thoughts, how your mind becomes a household of wrong thoughts and how it can cause you so much trouble. So I don't know who this is for, but we can all use it. He said, you know, when you and I become a judge and a jury and we begin to sentence a person, this is really unusual. It is usually because we are guilty of the same thing. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. And you know, my mind went to, um, what's his name, Jimmy Swaggart? And you know how he got off? into um, sexual relationships and it ruined his ministry for a long time. But if you will remember, his sermon for so long was against that. He was a, it was the very thing that he was guilty of. And so sometimes when we judge other people and sentence them, it's because it's the very thing that we're guilty of. And it seems like if we can say that about somebody else, it makes us feel better. 
and look better. But praise God, I believe he's got all that straightened out. I know he had a lot of people. He was a, he was a great minister of the word. But he was so guilty of the very thing, and he would preach it. At nearly every service he was preaching against that. When he was guilty at the same time. I don't know if y'all remember all of that that went on. But it was very severe. Hurt a lot of people. But you know what? He was a Christian. I believe he's he was born again at that time. But his soul was thinking wrong thoughts. Your soul that has a household of thoughts cannot think the wrong thoughts. That's what got him in trouble. And you said, well, you shouldn't be saying that. Well, it was worldwide. You know, it was worldwide. But you've got to realize that what his problem was, the thoughts that he started allowing up here. You've got to watch what thoughts you allow in your mind. So I cannot sentence him. It's not my place to judge him or to sentence him. Uh, it, that's just, you know, we just shouldn't do that. We, uh, and this is something else the Holy Spirit said. We are not to mess with the soul of another to injure and hurt him. This is tough. But that's exactly what the Holy Spirit was telling me when I grabbed my pencil and paper. We have no business. Remember when John taught the message on a Sunday morning, it's none of your business? It was a great sermon. Well, and this is what the Holy Spirit was saying. I'm not to mess with your soul to try and injure you or hurt you. Listen, vengeance is the Lord's, not mine. And so I thought about that, how in the natural, we want to hurt that person. We want to sentence them. We want to say this and say that. So we can't do that. You are sowing to the hurt of your own self. And we have just given Satan what he was looking for as he's on the prowl. We reap what we sow. Well, anyway, I'm telling you, I love the Holy Spirit. Listen, as Tom would say, he yanks a slack out of your rope. You know, we'll just listen. So I heard a minister say this, and I ministered this uh, to a lady that I called yesterday. And I was watching him on TV this past week. And he made this statement, and I've got to do some research on this. He said, fear that which kills the soul. I thought, well, let me think on that a while. He said, and he went on, and he said, you don't have to fear what hurts your body, but fear what kills your soul. Well, there's so much packed into that that I really need to think about it. And I need to pray in the Spirit over those, that statement. What are you telling us? I respect this minister, by the way. And, that, and I thought, since I was teaching on Awake My Soul and Sing, I thought that was, I thought, are we killing our soul? We're letting all of these things, when the word kill, don't let that mess you up. But what it does, it keeps your soul uh, from being active as far as the word is concerned. It's in, it's in prison. But he said, but we can actually kill that word that we've been hearing today and keep it from our soul. But when we get that word in this soul and we accept it, we'll, we'll act on it. But I thought that was interesting. Don't let anything steal your faith and your trust in God's word. And as Wesley said this morning, or your joy. So wake up and sing, soul. Amen. Y'all are going to get that and you're going to be going around singing. All that is going on in the world, in your life and in my life, they're nothing but distractions to occupy your soul. And you know what? All of these distractions are an influence on our soul. 
if we don't handle them, okay? Uh, and Proverbs 25 and 26, I, know, I have no idea about my time, but it says, he that has no rule over his own spirit. Now, here's one of those examples. When he says, he that has no rule over his own spirit, that word means your soul. Okay? I'm going to read it like that. He that has no rule over his own soul is like a city that is broken down and without walls. When your soul, when you don't take rulership of your soul, well, you, you know he's talking about soul here because your spirit's who's got to take rulership. Men, so you've got to take rulership. You're, the real you, who is a spirit, has got to take rulership over your soul. And if we do not, we will become like a city that is broken down and without walls. A city with no walls, anything can come in. You allow anything into that. So we don't want to allow anything into our soul. Amen? Okay, so I don't know what you're dealing with, but I know this. Don't allow whatever the problem is to become the biggest thing in your life or in your soul. I'm going to repeat that. Don't allow whatever the problem is to become the biggest thing in your life and your soul. Wake up, soul, and start singing. Amen? Worrying and talking about it won't change anything. Worrying and talking about it. See, words paint an image. And the more you talk about it, you're getting images. Amen? So worry and talking about it, it's not going to change the situation unless you're talking the word. It'll magnify it. Uh, let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Pardon? Yes. Boy, it's a filter. It is a filter for our soul. And we're just going to go back over and read that again, and we'll read verses uh, 6 through 9. Okay, be careful. That word careful means anxious. Okay, write in your Bibles, girl. Be careful for nothing. But in, every, in other words, don't be anxious about anything. Don't take thought, basically. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Now, you've got, you've got to study these words, these verses. That word thanksgiving is so important here, dealing with our soul. Let your request be made known unto God. So he's talking about the condition of our soul when we're talking to the Lord, right? And he says, and peace, the peace of God, which passes your understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. And once again, he's talking about the soul. He will keep your soul. That's where your mind is. And that's where your emotions are. But the peace of God will pass understanding. And it shall keep your soul, your mind, and your emotions through Christ Jesus, which is the word. The anointing. So, he's telling us, what he's really telling us here is to choose our thoughts. Amen? And it also says to do what we have learned. That's what he's telling us here. One author said, a double-minded man is a schizophrenic. <laughs> and you'll read about the double-minded man in the book of James and I, so I was thinking about my soul and the mind and mind being double-minded. I thought, that's telling me there's two minds. If I'm double-minded, I've got mind one and mind two. <laughs> Up here in my soul. So I got to thinking about that. And I thought, okay, what's mind one? 
It wants to please myself. It's selfish. And the other mind wants to please God. Double-minded. Now, the Holy Spirit, you know, he just tells you things. So I want us to think about David and Goliath. Because it is such a great example of soul control. <laughs> Amen. <coughs> so David, <coughs> let's see, I need to turn over there to, uh, I think it's Samuel. First, first Samuel. Let me get over here. That's Job. I'm going to Job after a while. First Samuel. Okay. So we have here, you know the story. Most everybody in here has heard about David and Goliath, and this is for your little boy. Um, I'm not going to read it because it, the, the chapter's so long and there's so much involved in it. But it's a, a great example of David controlling his soul. Here he was, this little shepherd boy, and he was sent to take food to his brothers and to the Israelites, and when he got there, the Israelites were being challenged by this giant. Have you ever been challenged by giants that comes in your life? Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially? And so they were being challenged by this giant. And Goliath told him, he said, Choose a man. Yeah, a man. I thought I could just hear him saying it. Choose a man. Well, here God sent a little boy. He can use a little boy. And he's told him to choose a man to come out and fight him. Well, Goliath, his words put so much fear in the Israelites. They turned and ran. Words. Oh, we could go another direction there, couldn't we? But not David, because it said that David heard his words. He heard what the giant said. So we're going to start in verse 32 of chapter 17. I want to read a little bit of this. Uh, but he had control of the soul. Verse 32, let me find it here. Okay. And David said to Saul, yeah, this little boy. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And you know, when I read that again this morning, I thought, what is our servant? It's faith. Right? And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And I thought, well, hallelujah. Faith is my servant, and I need to send it out there on that job. Amen. Amen. That's my servant. And you've got that servant too. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he is a man of war from his youth. Goliath was trained from very child to be a man of war. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. He's not going to take one of these lambs. David started reversing his victories. We need to reverse our victories. And when we, when we rehearse our victories, I said reverse. When we rehearse our victories, that starts rising back up that caused us to have the victory. It renews our mind when we do that. He says, I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. He's talking about that that uh, sheep. He said, I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. Let me tell you, there's so much in this scripture here that you could go off on. His deliverance was to get that out of his mouth. 
Our deliverance is to get the wrong words out of our mouth. You got to think about these things. So he delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and I slew him. So he's rehearsing all of this. That servant slew both the lion. Now he was telling um, Saul this. He said, your servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine, he had no covenant. The giant had no covenant, but David did. Shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Excuse me. David said, moreover, I, or the Lord, the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Very important what you say, what's going on in your life. The power of God will deliver you from it. The word of God will deliver you out of that, just like it did David. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with thee. Well, I guess so. I thought that was really smart of him to say that. I don't think he believed it. It was like, ha, well, go on. Lord be with you. And Saul armed David with his armor. Well, it wouldn't fit him. He had better armor, which was the armor of God. And so, anyway, his, his, this armor didn't fit him. Now, I was, I was wanting to see. I, had, I think I had written down where I wanted to go on this. But anyway, so, when Goliath came out, the Philistines said unto David, that's verse 43, Am I a dog? that thou sendest to me with staves. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. What's that, what is that thing that you're fighting today saying to you? See, it speaks. Then said David, he answered it. He answered that. Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to this thing, whatever is coming against me, what's ever coming against you, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied, defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will spite thee and take your head from thee. And I will give your carcass of the host of the Philistines this day under the fowls of the air. And it, it just goes on and on. It's such good, good story for you to read because there's so much in there, you know, concerning that. But look at what David has to face. It tells us, I think, in earlier in that chapter, what he saw when Goliath appeared. So I wrote some of that down. Goliath's height, it tells you, was six cubits and a span. Now, I don't know. I didn't look that up to see how much that is, but it's big. Okay. He had a helmet of brass. This is what David was seeing. He was huge. He had a helmet of brass and was armed with a coat of mail, and the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. This was heavy stuff that he was clothed with. And he could see this. But the Israelites had seen it too, and they ran the opposite direction. And David ran straight toward him. He had brass sheaves on his legs and brass between his shoulders. He had a spear, and he had someone. I, I laughed. I literally laughed out loud when I read this. All of this, he was armed. They couldn't hit him anywhere. There was only one place that he could be hit, and that was right in the head. That's the only thing that wasn't covered. But look, he said, I laughed. He had a spear, and he had someone carrying a shield to go in front of him. 
Coward. <laughs> coward. He was a coward. Well, praise God. We have a better shield. And it is what? Faith. The shield of faith. And you've got to learn this because the Lord had really ministered this to me years ago. Your shield of faith is made up of your confessions. And that's why we don't change the confession when trouble hits. Because it leaves a hole in the shield. And Satan has his little ears up. Well, they're in fear about this. There went a hole in your shield of faith. And he can shoot and aim right at that little hole. So don't change your confessions of faith when trouble hits or when something else hits. Now then, I'm going to ask, I ask, oh, I've got five minutes. Um, Do you think he had control of his soul? We may go over, I hope not. But he didn't hesitate. He knew his covenant, which Goliath did not have. So how big is that problem or situation that's troubling you? You know, is it uh, money situations, a doctor's report, or family issues? Don't let what you don't have stop you. That's when I thought of you. Don't Don't let what you don't have stop you. And I ask her for permission. This lady right here, She's going to bring, yeah, thank you. This lady right here does not have but one and a half legs. The doctor took, her, took it off at the, down right here by the knee. But you know what? She doesn't have that other leg, but she did not let it stop her. So don't, she doesn't have it. So what I'm saying is don't let what you don't have Stop you. So I asked Greta, just, just to, what's kept you going? Uh, faith in the Lord, just trusting at what he says and keeping my faith out there. And I had to set a goal there you go. that I can still see myself walking. I had to set that go, and yep. I have to renew it every day. Like, Lord, I am walking. You've never I changed can, that confession, have you? No. There's been times that yes. it has been hard. Yesterday, I went to the doctor. I wasn't pleased with what he said, but I understood. I set yes. my goal. But at that time, I wanted my goal to be able to walk, you know, in a marathon by this May. But I set that goal too early, but it hasn't stopped me because my goal is still set that it may not be this year, but next year I am walking in this 5K that I have set. And that's what has kept me going is just trusting in what he says and believing myself. I have to believe myself. And you've never changed your confession? No. Your shield of faith is still here? Yes. My shield of faith is still here. And, you know, I may not have my leg yet, but... I am getting closer and closer to setting my goal, seeing my goal. And y'all are going to be seeing me running up and down the aisles whenever I get it. <laughs> Amen. I what am, an example of faith. I am running up and down those aisles. Everybody else may not understand, but I am going to be I running understand. up and down. Well, she is my hero, one of my heroes. And I just wanted you, you got to see this. I mean, it's something she didn't, she doesn't have and it hasn't stopped her from doing what she wants to do. Being who she was created to be. I'm, it, it, you just ministered to me so much. Thank you for sharing that. But it is the Lord. Even if she has blue hair or purple hair or pink hair, she's still my hero. Y'all, 
oh, you know, the doctor's report will not stop that lady right there because her soul is full of what the Word of God says. She takes and, and feeds her soul. And that's the thing. If we don't feed this soul on the Word and speak in line with it, we will start speaking the wrong thing. And, it, and it's not denying. She is not denying that she doesn't have a leg there. She knows that better than we do. And I remember going to the hospital and talking with you and praying with you and speaking to you. I'm telling you, girls, not one time when they were telling her they were going to take that leg off and after they did it, I never heard one negative word come out of that woman's mouth. Not one negative word. You know, we can learn. And thank you for, for sharing that because sometimes we need a, an example set before us. But the, that soul that is a household of thoughts lined up with the Word of God, and I praise God for that. So, you know, Isaiah 61 and 3 says for us to put on the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, she had an opportunity. She had to fight heaviness, but she fought it with the Word. And you have to fight depression. It's going to come. The word, the word of God says there will be tribulation and all of this in the world. But he says, be of good cheer because you are not of the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. Where You know, think of these scriptures. Ask the, you know, just pray in the Spirit and he'll bring those to you. Well, we didn't have time to get, about, get with Job. and so, But he did not take control of his soul. And you can go back and read the book of Job. He was totally moved with what he saw with his kids. He spoke about it. He got in fear. And in Job 3.25, uh, you need to read that because he says, The thing that I so greatly feared came upon me, and I was not in, was I was not in peace. I'm trying to think how that wording goes because I didn't want to turn there because we're out of time. But the thing that he greatly feared came upon him because he was not in safety, I think it says. He was not in safety because he was saying the wrong thing. Now, at the end, he got his act together. And it said that he, that he received double everything that he had lost. You can receive double of everything that you have lost if you will begin to speak what the Word of God says. Don't speak against yourself. Amen. And we're out of time. I love this Word of God. I tell you, girl, it's just the most valuable thing you could have in your life. It's better than silver and gold. It'll get you silver and gold if you need it. Well, you can stand. God is good all the time. Now, girls, I just encourage you. I, I saw a lot of you taking notes. Go back and look at your notes. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister you about yourself, about your situation, whatever's going on in your life, because he will have different instructions for you concerning your situation than what he might have for me. But we've got to meet the challenges of life with the Word of God. There's a lot of challenges, lots of challenges, and there are going to be more and more challenges because we're in the end times. But we've got to be equipped. We've got to run toward those challenges, and we've got to speak to them and say what the Word says. Well, Father, I love these ladies more than they even know. Father, they're more... They're, they're my sisters. They're my siblings. Hallelujah. And they're your children, Father. And you're the Father of all of us. Holy Spirit, I ask you to challenge us.
put before us those things, those challenges, and teach us and encourage us and tell us, what shall I do? Answer that question for every lady in here. What shall they do now about this situation, about this problem? So, Father, I thank you as they pray in the Spirit, they will be praying the answer in the name of Jesus. So tell them they're listening. And I thank you, Father God, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit for being my family. You're the most precious family that I could ever have, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a super great day.